everyone, and welcome to The Riverfront. This is episode number 495 of the World's Most Dangerous Podcast, where we discuss the Cincinnati Reds and occasionally Bip Roberts. I'm your host, Chad Dawson. With me this week, back again, Chris Garber. How are you, Chris? I'm doing well, thank you. Excitement is high in the central Ohio area as uh, the new Albany Little Leaguers are squaring off as we speak in Williamsport at the Little League World Series. So uh, I'm sure by the time this airs, everyone will know if they won or not. But it's big times around here. That's exciting. Exciting. Now, Chris, I, I, this is something that most people don't know. I know you played in the Little League World Series. Am I right? Or did I just completely make that up? I think that was Lloyd McClendon. Oh, maybe that's who I was thinking of. Yes. I often get you get you mixed up with Lloyd McClendon. That's, that's yeah. certain. Um, before we begin, gonna just uh, if you missed the last week's show or you hadn't seen it on social media, let me just mention uh, September 9th at the Stretch at the Banks, the Riverfront Live Show, episode number 500. Live show spectacular, and then we'll be hitting the game uh, afterwards. And uh, so I would encourage you, you know, to come out and hang out with us uh, at the stretch for a little while. We'll record a we'll record a show. Possibly there there will be a drink or two involved, and then we'll walk over to the uh, the old ball yard. Chris, I'm hoping you can make it down to Cincinnati, but sounds like we may have little league in our. Uh, we in might. Our we might. What what day of the week is the ninth? I'm looking at my calendar here. That is a Saturday. Saturday. We'll see. That Saturday. might. Uh, we might be able to pull that off. So a question, one question. You said it's the 500th episode, but I think yes. we're in what, 494, 496? 495. 495. Are you going to have to like record a flurry of like short episodes in between now and then just to like hit the number on the dot or is that how it's going to work out? Well, I think we figured out that we do one bonus episode at some point along the way and then do a regular episode or maybe a shorter one on the Thursday of that week. That'll get us to 500 on Saturday. So, yeah, we're manipulating that a little bit. Thanks for calling us out. No five one would have noticed like, that. Is that five weeks from now? <laughs> no one would have ever been. Bonus content down, coming down the stretch with extra content. Right. Uh, how terribly exciting. I hope Nate's uh, happy to and excited to provide that content, content while I slide into the background. So, anyway, September 9th, make, uh, make sure to join us. If you uh, can join us, when, or even if you can't join us for that, but you want to hang out at the game a little bit with us, you know what you can do right here. Use code Riverfront. $20 off your first SeatGeek order of tickets. $20 off your first SeatGeek order. So go use that code Riverfront over there. That's a little, uh, doing a little like uh, capitalism there, Chris. You know, uh, Chad, SeatGeek has a uh, a job opening right now in their, their uh, general counsel's department. I saw it posted the other day on the LinkedIn. Is that right? It uh, yeah, it looked like a pretty fun, pretty fun gig actually. Um, I'm not in the job market myself right now, but anybody is listening, check it out. Um, looks like a lucrative position. I'm going to polish up my resume tonight. They'll pay me in uh, twenty dollar increments from those <laughs> uh, <laughs> code Riverfront. They'll pay you in codes. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yes, it's so terribly exciting. Um, no, but I'm looking forward to that, Chris. I haven't been to the old ball yard. You know, I've been kind of boycotting them um, since 2019. It's the Castellini boycott, and I am going to give it up just so I can watch Joey, hopefully, and uh, and Ellie and the kids. So I'm excited. Looking forward to it. I broke my own uh, informal boycott about uh, three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we had a great time. Saw Matt McClain hit a grand slam. Yeah. Uh, incredible atmosphere. Almost, almost sold out, if not. Technically sold out, uh, but saw some City Connect uniforms. Yeah, you know it's a fun it's a fun place to watch a ball game, and I have missed it dearly. So um, it has nothing to do with the team, obviously, as we've said, it's this ridiculous ownership. But whatever, I hope they let me in the stadium. I'm a little concerned they're going to stop me at the gate under orders of Cast- Bob Castellini. Sorry, facial recognition software or something. You know, you're out. Uh, let me ask you about something you mentioned just before we went on air that I think we, we, we've never really discussed, I don't believe, on this show. Uh, Chris, do you have a particular take on this immaculate grid that is sweeping the nation? I'm obsessed it, with it at this point. It, I'm genuinely I, obsessed with it. I love it, too. I, I get like I get disappointed every day when I when I complete my grid, and that's mostly because I've messed it up, but also because I can't play it again until the next day. Uh, yeah, it's and it's you know, it's uh, 
it's right there in, in I think what probably my favorite pastime and something we've enjoyed a lot on this show, which is, hey, let's remember some guys. And uh, that's exactly I, what's, what's great about it. Yeah. I mean, and I was like, when that game started, I was like really, really bad at uh, well, all of it. But anything other than like, if I did not have a Topps baseball card from 1979 to 83 that I could like call to mind with a guy's shirt on, I was useless. And I, I'm still useless with uh, Tampa Bay. Colorado. Uh, I, I don't know a single yeah. player that ever played for Colorado. Evidently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jeff Francis. <laughs> I don't know who that and is. Mike but, Hampton. Uh... <laughs> um, yeah. So, I, yeah, all the expansion teams I'm bad at. I'm bad at the Rangers. I'm bad at the Twins, at like the AL West, especially mm-hmm. for some reason. But uh, it's a lot of fun. And uh, I, I I have a uh, – I had another pack of baseball cards that, that Kmart sold in like 1982. And it was, I think it was celebrating like Kmart's 40th anniversary. So it was like all the MVPs from like the 20 years prior or something. Did you have this card set? I don't remember that card set. No, but you know, I did so have some, I, some Kmart card set, but not that. Yeah, and it, well, but I, I I was able to like remember all the MVP winners from like 1962 to 82, which can come in handy uh, here and there. And if you don't know what we're talking about, go to immaculategrid.com. It's just every day at uh, 9 a.m. They post a new one. And they have a, now have a basketball one and a football one and a hockey. And I, I'm told they're starting a, getting ready to have a soccer one. I think it um, launched just today. It, it launched today. There you go. So and, uh, there's nine spaces on the grid. I'm just going to show you my today where I, I failed on two of the uh, categories. But you see, some, some columns and, and rows have teams. And there's like one column all-star, one column MVP. And you got to match them up, I guess. So like this one. The Braves and Phillies, you know, you had to pick somebody to play for the Braves and the Phillies. Who'd you pick on that one today? I picked uh, Steve Bedrosian. Ooh, Bedrock. Actually, no, I lied on that. I did not pick Steve Bedrosian. I picked Steve Bedrosian for Twins and Phillies, which he was also eligible for. Yes. And uh, hey, I missed and Twins then, and Phillies. And then for Phillies, uh, Braves, I missed it because I thought former uh, – Former Red backup catcher Vic Correll had also played for the Phillies, and he had not. So, uh, well, I, I took Dale Murphy because I wasn't. That, you know, the the the, the, more, the more rare the I think it, he was at the very end. Dale Murphy, which I only know because Dale Murphy was one of my brother's favorite players. Yeah, good one. Up. But uh, I don't know. It's 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 a lot of fun, and it's frustrating. I was like you, you know. I have a there's a certain knowledge base there of all those baseball cards that I immediately go back to. And uh, if they played for the Reds, and I happen to know they played for another team, you know, if the Reds are one of the teams, we're golden. But if I don't, if it's not within that, at least when we first started, I'm getting a little bit better at it. But if it wasn't within that that time when I had baseball cards, I either just missed it or guessed Gaylord Perry. That's that's about, about all I could do. Gaylord you know? Perry, Oliver Perez, Mike Morgan, uh, Reggie Sanders of- is a good one. Yeah, yeah, that was surprising. He played on a lot of places after he left Cincinnati. Yeah, uh, you know, you know who who also played a lot of places and who plays this game, and frequently puts himself into the grid, is former Red Mike Cameron. Is is that right? I didn't. Oh, know it's that. a blast. He posts his on Twitter every day, so you can <laughs> see it, and it's it's hilarious because it's you know he obviously, I think he played for like twelve teams or fourteen teams, and it's almost always guys he played with. From you know, and you're like, how did that guy? How do you know that guy played on those teams? And it's like, oh, he played with him four times. Okay, there you so. go. That's well, he would know as many teams as he played for. And interesting. Well, but uh, here's my one last question about the grid because uh, that's killing me. Uh, can you tell me someone that played for both the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Milwaukee Bucks? <laughs> no, man. Uh, <laughs> my my NBA stuff. I mean, I I stopped following the NBA closely in probably 1993. So if it's not like, uh, you know, John Sally or Paul McKeskey, I'm pretty much hopeless at helping you out on that stuff. Well, I'm going to make a guess. Well, I'm trying to make a guess quickly. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. I, I got one wrong the other day because I assumed that uh, it was the Clippers and 20-point scorers or something. And I, right. I thought I'd be real smart and put down Bill Walton, which 
He never scored 20 points a game in his whole career. Is that right? Yeah. yeah I would have missed that. This is what I know. I'm going to, for the Thunder and Bucks here, I'm going to go ahead and guess live on the air, even though it's recorded when you all hear this. Jack Sigma. Yeah, that'll do it. The Thunder's oh, the, the, the That's Thunders. right. Yeah, yeah. Good one. I thought I had in the back of my mind that he, 4%. It's pretty good. There you go. So anyway, go play the Immaculate Grid. We've just wasted 10 minutes of each other's lives and yours, dear listener. All right, so the Reds are still above 500. They are 63 and 59, tied for second place, two and a half games back. You know what that means, Chris? 63 wins. The Reds will officially not lose 100 games this year. How excited are you over that nugget? I am. Uh, I'm excited by that. I guess I'm also. Um, my excitement is tempered by the fact that I did bet the under uh, 65 wins preseason for the Reds. <laughs> you may be in trouble on that one. Not going to be cashing that one in anytime soon. Uh, so yeah, you know, losing, losing a hundred is, is, uh, something you want to avoid and I'm glad they're avoiding it. Well, uh, same with me. Um, you know, and it was a better week this past week than most weeks we've seen recently. The rest took two out of three in Pittsburgh, which is, you know, two out of three against Pittsburgh is not great given that it's Pittsburgh, but we'll take it. Um, and then split, uh, two game series in Cleveland, the Ohio cup. Can the Reds win that Ohio Cup? That's really all that matters this season. That's it all, really all is. I yeah. I saw a picture on Twitter the other day, and uh, it was the uh, the Valley Sports, I think, posted it. The Ohio Cup had stopped for a pit stop uh, between Cincinnati and Cleveland at the uh, Nationwide Arena, home of the Columbus Blue Jackets. And and I, I had been out in that plaza eating lunch about an hour beforehand. I'm really disappointed I missed my chance to see the Ohio Cup in person. Oh, man. I bet there were some, uh, you know, seven or eight-year-old uh, uh, Columbus Blue Jackets fan wandering by. Dad, is, is that the Stanley Cup? Yeah. No, son. That's, that's not ever going to be here. <laughs> so, uh, the Ohio Cup, whatever. Um, I don't know. You know, there's not a whole lot to say about the what happened this week. The, the Reds uh, showed a little bit of life in terms of the offense. The offense has been pretty bad lately. So, I don't know. Is it going to come back? It was good for a long time. They won, you know, in the Cleveland series scored, well, they didn't score at all in uh, game one, but they did score seven in the second game, scored six uh, in the, and nine in the two wins against Pittsburgh. So I guess good to see the offense starting to come back a little bit. That's my analysis. It's good to see that. Yeah. And it's, it's um, a little surprising given the, the lineups that David Bell, I know some guys are hurt, but man, he's, He's putting some creative uh, energy into coming up with the worst possible lineups you could uh, array with the players he's got to hand. Yeah, we're like a month out from saying one through nine, the Reds can put you know a, a, a hitter, a real hitter in the lineup. And now it's like you know one, four, six, and nine in the lineup or, or can't hit. You know, I, well, I don't, I don't yeah, I mean, it's it's no small part due to his refusal to play Joey Votto or Will Benson against a left-handed pitcher. Right. And this, this militant platooning, which, uh, you know, again, um, they're 63 and 59. They can't lose a hundred games. So maybe it's time to uh, give David Bell an extension on his extension. Yeah. What's the record since his extension? Are we keeping track of that? Ooh, no, but we're going to start keeping track of that. Bet you it's six and fifteen or something. It's not good. It's not good. He has no motivation now. He's not motivated to lead this team to victories now. You see it all the time with these spoiled athletes. That's when their great. contract is on the line, they're giving it their all. You can see the desire, and as soon as they sign that contract, they get lazy. They don't show any of the effort they used to show. Same story we've seen it a million times. I don't think he's even telling these guys, you know, to keep their elbow up when they bat and, and all the things that coaches are supposed to be doing, you know, and, and didn't tell them to score a lot of runs when Luke Weaver pitches. He just stopped telling them all that. He stopped doing that. I mean, Jim Day's down there at the microphone, and when that comes on, you don't hear any chatter. None. You oh, don't no hear chatter. none of that. So how do you expect him to win? Yeah, really, you know. Um, I've never once th- since he got his contract, not once have I heard him chanting, we need a pitcher. <laughs> not a belly itcher. Not once. You you know, I hate to bring it back to Little League, but you watch, they have those those managers mic'd up, and they go out there, they're giving hugs, 
there's when the players crying, they do something about it. Does David Bell do any of that? No, he not just one. yells at umpires. Yeah, no way to it's, run a railroad. It's not so. I don't know if the ink is dry on that uh, contract extension or not, but the Reds may want to uh, reevaluate. Uh, let's talk contracts about one more uh, one more guy, and that is Joseph Daniel Votto, who you just mentioned, and that's what I that's what I wrote about this week um, at the magazine. And uh, essentially, what we have here is Joey Votto. Obviously, it's his last season, and I don't know if you heard. Did you hear his interview? Did you get a chance to listen to his interview with Jason Stark on Stark's? Podcast? I heard most of it. Yeah, yeah, it was great. As as yeah, it's pretty good. Always, yeah, and you know, and, and he he said, "I've been a Cincinnati Red my entire career. I have nothing but pride wearing this uniform." I would love to finish my career in a Reds uniform, but there's only so much control over that. And so essentially the situation is this is the last year of his contract, but there is a team option for next year. So the Reds would have to, if they're exercise that team option, they would pay him $20 million to play next year. If they choose not to exercise that option and to buy him out, they'd be paying $7 million. So what we're talking about here is do the Reds want to pay $13 million to Joey Votto to play next year. That's really what it comes down to one way or the other. They're out in the 7 million. That's a sunk cost. So do we, uh, the Reds want to pay him 13 million to play next year. And, and, and my response, obviously, because I'm a Joey Votto homer, I'm going to, yeah, this is what I'm always going to say, but he's been effective this year. Has he been elite? Has he been great? No, but his exit velocity is good. If he, on a, he's on a pace over 162 games to have 54 home runs. Uh, you know, he, he uh, has a better home run uh, home run percentage, home runs per at bat than uh, Shohei Otani. I mean, <laughs> and, and that's that is absolute using pick, cherry picking numbers to <laughs> to uh, to pump up Joey Votto. But what I'm saying, is he can still hit a little bit. He, you know, his OPS plus is 118, so he's he's not a um, he's not going to kill you. So what do you think? Should, should the, I obviously think the Reds should bring him back? What do you think? I think they should bring him back. I mean, it is hard. It is hard to. It's. I don't want to put a price on Joey Votto. I wanted to bring Joey Votto back. I don't care how much money they spend because it's not my money, and they should be spending more than they do. Um, but you know, Joey Votto's wins above replacement are 0.4 right now. So what is he's a he's a one win player, maybe next year. Maybe maybe two if he gets a full season. You know. Yeah, maybe two next year. On you know, upside wise. Um, yeah, that's probably your upside. You know, is that worth 13 million? I, it's not, it's not, uh, it's a conversation, but you know, will they do it? Bob Castellini has shown over the years that he has uh, an affinity for certain players. He wants to keep certain players around, whether it's Billy Hamilton or Todd Frazier guys, he likes, he keeps them around and pays them. Um, he's paid a lot of money to Joey Votto though. And he, in his mind, he may say, I've paid Joey Votto a lot of money. I don't need to pay him anymore. Um, I would love it if Joey Votto would come back and say, I'll play for 10 million. Yeah. I don't know if if he wants to do that or not. I really don't know. Yeah. No, I think you're right. The, the, The part about it that I, think may uh, work in his favor is the Reds have no one on the, on the books after this year, except for Hunter green. He's literally the only player on the books. And Ken Griffey jr. Right. And Ken Griffey jr. Right. And Bobby Bonilla somehow. I'm not sure why the Reds are still play- paying Bobby Bonilla, but I think they are. So I don't know, you know, there, there is plenty of, there should be plenty of room in the budget if they want to spend any of it. And frankly, um, we talk a lot, we hear a lot about sustainability and we hear a lot of people talking about how, Oh, the Reds are built to win next year. But, you know, you're going to have to – I will not believe the Reds are going to go out and spend a ton of money in this offseason to fill in holes until I see it because they just don't do that. They just, they just don't. And so I think there may be a lot of money still available. And so I guess the question is, do you bring a two-win player in if he's a two-win player for $10, 13000000 million, either of those? No, you probably don't from another organization, you know. But this is not just anyone. It's Joey Votto. And, and he's been paid handsomely for his efforts, but he is a team legend. And there's something about having a guy play for the whole career. And that he, that he does care about that. That does mean something. To yeah. play. And, and, and he says he's not going to go chasing a ring, but you know, if they, I expect he'll play next year. So he'll play. I think he'll play next year. And I think he'll play wherever, you know, he'll play baseball um, and he'll make the best of it. And he, 
maybe disappointed that he plays in a different shirt, but he'll he'll enjoy it and he'll get something out of it and he'll come out with a, a, a you know a, an interesting reason why it was valuable for him. I, I don't know. I mean, uh, I'd love him to play here one more year, two more years, and get a you know a Albert Pujols, Miguel Cabrera, Marty Brenneman going away tour, yeah, and all that. Um, I, I don't know that he's the kind of guy who'll do that, but um, I think the Reds should do that for him. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like the Reds have kind of screwed him his whole career by not putting a team around him. But again, they paid him. It's not like he's been playing for free with a bad team. But um, yeah, I, w- I would like to see it, but I, is it a baseball decision or is it a, a sentimental fan decision here? And and I'm, I'm there are two two different equations there, one of which I, one of, I can – speak on one of which I really can't because it's not my purse strings. So it'd be interesting to see. Do you carry a purse? Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a man, man purse. Okay? okay. It's more a satchel. Okay. All right, it's a, a shoulder bag. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about some of the news this week. I guess if we want to, no, actually we have, we do have one of our, one viewer mail question on that topic. I want to go ahead and, and ask this and we, we've sort of danced all the way around it, but, um, let's put a number on it. Knowing what we know about Bob Castellini and the ownership group, this question comes from Seth Shaner. What's the percentage chance the Reds pick up Joey's option? I'd like a drama-free resolution of my favorite all-time player remaining with the team. Percentage chance. I'm gonna I'm gonna go 25% that the Reds pick up the option. I'm gonna go in honor of Joey Votto, 19%. Oh, I was hoping you'd go way higher. So one one dollar, Bob. You know, I don't think Joey would want to do the uh, one dollar. I don't think Joey wants to do the the farewell tour either. But man, wouldn't it be fun to watch him chase and Johnny Bench's team home run record? You know, he's thirty four behind it. You know, I don't know. It would be fun. Final season. Give every, every team gives him a rocking chair on the road everywhere he goes. It'd be great. All right. Um, can we talk about Jonathan India? I know you like you some Jonathan India talk. Jonathan India is mad. Jonathan India is, and, and forgive. Who's he mad at now? Yeah. Put the earmuffs on out there if you're in uh, Middletown, because this is not proper language for a family show. He's pissed off. He said, uh, essentially, he's having issues during doing his rehab work over, uh, he's been on the injured list for, for a while now. We went and got a second opinion over the weekend, and the doctor basically told him something different than the, uh, the Reds doctor had told him. Um, and essentially said he should have taken a few weeks and done nothing before starting the rehab work. And so uh, the medical staff has now advised he'd be shut down now for two weeks and they'll evaluate him again. And he said, I'm pissed off. But then in a, a couple minutes later, he said, I'm not upset. I just wish I had more information. So, yeah. um, it, and he was mad last year about that. He had a, his hamstring injury. I think he thought that uh, – well, he blamed himself on that one, trying to trying to return too quickly. Yeah, didn't he, it's when he was in Iowa and he had to go on a helicopter ride. His leg was going to fall off. And yeah, wasn't there was something about that? Dreams game, yeah. Yeah. It was exciting. He just wanted yeah. a helicopter ride. It was dramatic. Um, Talk about, oh, captain, our captain, Jonathan India. Yeah, who who started that captain stuff? Was it was it Charlie Goldsmith of the Enquirer? I don't know, but I, I saw or something. maybe Valley Sports. Somebody on Twitter just referred to Jonathan India as the captain, <laughs> like you know, a la Derek Jeter. And yeah. is he the, is he the captain of the Cincinnati Reds? Did that happen? <laughs> Not as far as I know. I haven't seen a C on his chest. Well, I, I haven't either. I, have. I mean, it was weird. I'm like, oh, I didn't realize we all decided that, or they all decided. I know. I uh, I like Jonathan India as a baseball player. I was wrong-ish about him when he when he was in the minor leagues. He was much better than I thought he was going to be for one year, and uh, maybe he's more like what I thought he was going to be. Since he does seem to have a an influential and positive influence on his team. An influential influence, very good. Um, but he does—he does seem to—he does seem to be the leader that he proclaimed himself to be, to some to some degree. Um, you know, he plays hard, and I think that rubs off. 
But man, I wish he would just stop talking to the media. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I wonder how much of. Now go ahead. He just says stuff that like. I, I don't know. It just doesn't, it doesn't sit with me that well. Usually when I, re- when I read it, you know, it's like, Oh, he's pissed off. You can be pissed off. Go tell them. Don't tell me. Right. Right. Well, I wonder right. how much of that is due to uh, him hearing, not just hearing the footsteps, but they've passed him now of these uh, middle infield kids and him not being able to get out on the field and sort of, you know, take his rightful place at the second base, you know, and then he maybe sees some of the writing on the wall going forward. And so, I don't know. I wonder, I wonder if some of it's frustration with that. Probably is. Probably is. Again, I, I don't benefit. I don't benefit from hearing about it. I, I, I do think, <laughs> I do think that this situation with this injury uh, is unfortunate. You don't want anybody to get hurt, but I do think it, it really makes it easier for the Reds to trade him. In the offseason, I, you know, I assume this isn't like a, a long-term debilitating injury. Right. But, you, you know, you see this in NFL training camps right now. If a guy's not on the field, the guy can't win a job. And out of sight, out of mind is a, a really big thing in sports. And as he's not able to play, like you said, they got two and then 16 more middle infielders on the way who are outperforming him. And... You know, his clock is ticking towards arbitration and free agency, and he's probably got some trade value still. So I wouldn't be surprised this offseason at all to see uh, Jonathan India dealt for, um, I don't know. Whatever, yeah. I, I I don't see a path. I really don't see a path where he's not, not traded, unless it's just Nick Crawl with, uh, you know, um, analysis paralysis and just like during the headlights at the trade deadline, maybe, maybe that continues into the, um, he'll try to trade him for Sam Mole before remembering that Sam Mole is, is already on the team. I don't know how this works. Um, so anyway, Jonathan, any of the other big news of the week, Chris, um, there are moments in our life that you just always are going to remember. You know, you remember when that your, your child is born. Yeah. You remember big events, you know, uh, those of us, uh, I know most of y'all weren't even alive when this happened, but some of us uh, were of a certain, certain vintage. Remember, you know, 9-11, for example. Big events. Um, Bill Lack was 42 years old when JFK was uh, assassinated. Um, so so right? big events. I, Chris, where were you when you learned that Luke Weaver had been designated for assignment? <laughs> oh, will that I stick with at, you forever? That's, that's really I was at, yeah, I was at a, at a Luke Weaver watch party. Oh, we shouldn't laugh about a guy losing his job, but the Reds did finally, four months too late, designate uh, Luke Weaver for a side. But after he made 21 starts, 21 starts with an ERA of almost seven. It just, how does that happen for a team that's actually nominally in the playoff hunt? Yeah, I looked it up the other day, right? It was uh, of all the pitchers who've ever made 20 starts for the Reds in a season. His is the highest ERA. Like it was, and that was before the last beating. Higher than uh, than Eric Milton. Higher than Eric Milton. Higher than Ryan Dempster. Higher than Jimmy Haynes. Higher than well, I don't think Jimmy Anderson made twenty starts. Uh, ha- higher than anybody you can think of. Wow, anybody I could think of. Yeah, you're right. I can't think of anyone. This is why I'm so bad at the immaculate grid. Well, one day when it has that. You know, the team down one side and on the final column is uh, pitchers who threw 20 starts in a season with an ERA over six. Well, you're set. You're set. That's Luke Weaver. So uh, Godspeed to Luke Weaver. I would be surprised if he pitches in the major leagues again. So his big league career is probably over. And again, I don't want to celebrate that. It's a guy with a family. And, you know, I and, and to his credit, he walked out to the mound every five days knowing he was going to get his brains bashed in by uh, major league baseball players. And he, you know, of course, what are you going to do? You get paid for it and you're clinging to your livelihood, but um, hey, I don't know. He tried. Uh, there's something to be said for that. Baseball is really hard, man. It's really yeah. hard. And, and uh, it, it's not on him. I, exactly. You know, it's, it's on the people who chose to have him, 
be their guy. Uh, yeah, we were watching his last start. My son and I were watching it, and I said something about oh, this. This has got to end at some point, right? He's, he can't make it the rest of the way. I said, this guy is the probably the worst starting pitcher in the big leagues. And my son, uh, you know, who he needs to be on the show instead of me. Probably he says, yeah, and he's still one of the best pitchers in the world. <laughs> and I was like, he's that's true. Wrong. He's like, he's like, uh, you know, he, he said. I couldn't hit it. I couldn't hit that. And he's a pretty good hitter, you know. I see it. I couldn't touch that. He's watching the ball moving, but these guys were just roping line drives left and right off him. So, but uh, uh, Godspeed, I guess, to Luke Weaver. Um, can't say we'll miss you, but I hope that you uh, hope that you find gainful employment. Uh, I don't know, coaching college baseball or whatever, whatever you would do. Uh, some more big news this week that uh, a little surprising, maybe, maybe not. The Reds option, Nick Senzel. To AAA, call up Henry Ramos, um, Nick Senzel. So let me to uh, set the stage for this discussion. Let's go with a question, a couple questions here. But first one from Scott Boldman. After taking the full seventy-two hours to report to Louisville, then going zero for four in his first start, will Nick Senzel be ever be heard from again? Um, what do you think, Chris? What's what's your hot take on Nick Senzel? I don't think we'll ever hear from Nick Senzel again, unless he's signed by the St. Louis Cardinals. And hits 360 with uh, 62 extra base hits in two years. Uh, he'll catch. He'll play somewhere next year. He'll be back playing against the Reds somewhere next year. I'm guessing. Um, somebody will take a flyer on him. He's still young enough that, and still has. Uh, he didn't have much of that prospect cachet anymore. But he he is athletic when he's healthy. And I, I'm trying to think of positive things to say. No, uh, I don't think I don't think you'll ever see him in Cincinnati again. It's really sad. Bad. Story all the way around. Another question about that from James Ward. Why does David Bell hate Nick Senzel? I'm just a casual fan, but wouldn't we rather have Senzel than uh, Kevin Newman? He can play almost any spot on the field, and Newman can only play the infield. What, why does David Bell hate Nick Senzel? That's a good question. Uh, only they know that. Um, you know, Senzel can't play shortstop. And I, I don't think he can play second base anymore. And Kevin Newman can do those things. So that's from a roster construction perspective, it does make sense. But I mean, there's an entire Netflix series to be produced about the Nick Senzel story. And I have way more questions than I do answers. So yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I don't know that it's David, that David Bell that hates Nick Senzel. I mean, I, I don't I doubt this was David Bell's decision. First of all, to send him down. It's uh, Nick Carl's decision. Although Bell certainly had some input into it, but I think uh, part of it is probably uh, on Senzel, not just because of the performance on the field, but you know, um, I don't know if you saw it, but it kind of got leaked into the media that he was uh, a miffed. He wasn't getting regular uh, at bats over the last few weeks. And right before the trade deadline, he made a, a quiet request to be traded somewhere that would let him play. And, and his, you know, when, when asked about it, he said the professional thing, no, I'm not, I'm happy. I'm not demanding a trade. I'm not, you know, but I would like to be somewhere where I could play. So I, you know, he tried to try to spin it like that. But uh, so yeah, I think probably the relationship is just, and it's been sour for a while now. I think it's just at the end of its rope. And yeah, I, I think, it was, and I hope he does well somewhere unless it's the Cardinals. No, it's one of those uh, change of scenery things, but I, again, I, I, I think to be the most fair I can be, there's blame on both sides of this thing. And obviously a lot of disappointment on both sides of this thing that Nick Senzel's career hasn't worked out as well as he or the Cincinnati Reds would have hoped when he was drafted in 2016, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. So I that's, that I think everybody's got to be responsible for it to some degree. Yeah, no question about it. No question about it. All right. Uh, other uh, minor league news, only in the sense we don't talk about the minor leagues here unless it affects the the uh, big league club because uh, screw the prospects. I hate all prospects. Despise all prospects. I will not hug a Give prospect. Give them a hug. Ever. Give them a hug. No, no hugs. This is not a prospect hugging uh, territory. So Nick Lodolo out on uh, rehab, made his first, uh, first rehab uh, – Outing last week, uh, last Friday, through two shutout innings, a little out hit, struck out four of the seven hitters he faced, did not walk anyone. He was then moved up to double uh, A um, Chattanooga and another good start, as did 
Hunter Green, uh, who had a uh, allowed, let's see, only an unearned run in five and two thirds inning in Louisville. And so uh, Nick Lodolo, uh, let's see, I have his 49 pitches, three innings, two walks, no hits, no runs, six strikeouts. So Lodolo looking maybe a little better than I expected because everybody said he was, uh, you know, sort of uh, significantly behind where Hunter Green was. But it looks like Green is going to be here soon and uh, and maybe Lodolo shortly thereafter. I don't know if you have anything, any analysis or anything you want to say about that, but hurry, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's August 17th. Trade deadline was 18 days ago. So the reinforcements are coming. Sam Mole. Cavalry's coming. It's coming. That's what we were told. Hey, getting Green and Lodolo back, I've been reliably informed. That's just as good as a trade. Better. Because you keep all your prospects. Oh, hug them closely. Who, it's cold are there out pictures? There. Are there pictures as good as Lodolo and Green out on the trade market, Chad? <laughs> I don't think so. That sounds exactly like something someone has said to me on Twitter that I have not heard over the last uh, couple of weeks because I haven't been on Twitter and it's been glorious. I've not missed it for a second. Oh, I can't deal with that nonsense drama. Again, be a fan however you want. Just don't drop into my mentions saying dumb things. That's all I ask. Uh, or you can actually drop into my mentions and scream at me now because I, I deleted the app off my phone. I'm not going to see it. So, All right. Um, have a little viewer mail, and then we'll uh, we'll stick a pen in this one. Some viewer mail questions. Chris, these questions, as always, come from our friends at patreon.com slash riverfrontcincy. Patreon.com slash riverfrontcincy. These are, as always, actual letters from actual Have these been authenticated? They have been authenticated. They were sent into the home office in Kalamazoo, Michigan, where they were authenticated. Uh, and also, actually, uh, fingerprinted. And we had to test them to make sure no one was trying to send me fentanyl. Because um, that's what happens you know, these days. Evidently. If that stuff, if that stuff, so much as comes near you, you're you're dead. That's what I'm told. That is what I'm told. So please don't send me any. I don't want want any. At least if you're um, going to send Chad Fentanyl, put it in a baggie and identify it, label it, <laughs> so I know not to consume it. No, that stuff really is no no joke. That's really is bad. Stay away from it, kids. Stay away from it. Um, first question. Actually, before we have a question, we've got a new uh, member of our beer league softball team. He's actually been a uh, been a been a friend of the, the show for a while. Been a member of our Slack channel. He's decided he wants a spot on the team, so it's Brandon Kamick. Brandon, um, he has a spot on the team. I know this, although I've given every position out you know six times over by this point. But got depth. Uh, I, I, here's what I'm seeing. Here's what I'm seeing. He's a slick fielding second baseman. He think he's good, but he thinks he's way better than he is. Great <laughs> smile, great smile. Um, he likes to take infield with his hat off. Likes to take infield with his hat off. Um, when he when he eventually leaves our beer league team, he's going to be upset when someone uh, takes his jersey number. Brandon Kamick. That's what I say. He's our sparky second baseman that sometimes yells at reporters. I like it. I like it. All right. There you go. Brandon. Slap in the face. Brandon, I've enjoyed getting to know you over the last few months. Thanks for hanging around with us. Um, first question comes from Jordan Biddle. Matt McClain is playing amazing. I've, that's not a question. That's a statement. I've said since tell. the beginning it's of the season. Exclamation point on it. That's how you know. I've said since the beginning of the season that McLean had a higher and safer floor than Illy De La Cruz, and it's showing. Has Matt McLean taken over the Rookie of the Year top spot from Corbin Carroll? Corbin has struggled of late, hitting only 222, 315, 389 over his last 30 games. McLean hitting 294, 354, 517 over his last 30. I believe McLean can and will take over the spot from Corbin Carroll. So has Mac McLean taken over the rookie of the year top spot? My answer is no. And here's why. Carroll got all the early pub. He made the all-star team. McLean has been overshadowed on his own team, not just by Ellie De La Cruz, but by maybe another, as, as was noted in, in the, some of the questions that were asked um, or some of the answers to the questions that were asked at Patreon, uh, Andrew Abbott is going to have a claim as well. So uh, maybe they'll split the vote. I don't, I don't see it happen. I don't see yeah. Carroll's got 20 home runs, 21 home runs, 37 steals. McLean's yeah. at 13 and 11. I, I, don't, I mean, the, just the baseball card numbers, at the end of the season, 
Carroll's had the whole year. He has the, you know, the, the, the like you said, made his name early, made the all-star team. I think it's his to lose. And McLean's not going to do it unless he gets 20 home runs from here to there. And he might. He's Matt McLean. He can do anything. All right. Next question comes from Branch Brown. Branch. Oh, man, this is good. We haven't had a good Jose Barrero question in weeks. Finally, we get to talk about Jose Barrero again. I know that you asked that's actually something you requested as in order to be on the show was that we could talk about Jose Barrero. Branch's question, Jose Barrero is doing great in AAA again. What can the Reds do with him? Is he forever banished from the big league club? Yes. And so he is doing pretty well. His, his season numbers down there on the, on the farm, almost a 900 OPS in 46 uh, games. Same number he played in Cincinnati this year, as a matter of fact. 278 average, 349 on base, 543 slugging, 10 homers, 10 doubles, 3 triples, 34 ribeye stakes. I think it's time to, to trade both McLean and uh, Ellie De La Cruz and have our India Barrero middle infield combo back. What, what say ye? I don't think Barrero's ever going to wear a Cincinnati red uniform again. Nope, I don't either. I don't see it. I mean, same deal as Nick Senzel. He got passed up and now it's bad vibes. He needs to go somewhere else and get another chance. Yeah. And I'm looking at his numbers, you know, in uh, five seasons in the minors and then the three separate seasons um, or parts of seasons in AAA. And his numbers are, are, are cromulent, you know, um, 824 OPS, for example, in, in AAA. So that's, that's not bad. He might be able to play somewhere, but he's had in the, in the big leagues over parts of four seasons, he's gotten about 450 plate appearances and hit 186. I mean, um, his OPS is below 500. I just he's he's a guy that, that I don't see any. I don't see any way the Reds ever. He's there's no opportunity for him here. So he's he's gone, and I don't know if they can get anything for him. So. Um, Package him uh, and India for, uh, I don't know, sweet, sweet prospect haul. All right? More prospects. More hauls. All right. Yeah. Next question, Joey Gaditza. What are your thoughts currently for a win total at the end of the season? Above or below 500? What say you? I've been asked this question a lot. Where do you, where, where do you think the Reds finish? Do you think they're going to be above 500 or below? They're not going to win 500 games in one season. <laughs> oh, oh, point five. I got it. Yeah, I think they'll stay above five hundred. Yeah, I do too. I don't think they're going to go way above five hundred, but I, I think they will. But, but like you said, the cavalry's coming. Here they, they come. They may win a hundred. They may win a hundred. Can they do that? I don't think they can do that. Why can't they I do that? I don't know. I don't do math. <laughs> sure, they can do that. If they, if they win, let's see. They can. Uh, they have to only lose two games the rest of the way. If they only lose two games the rest of the way, they would win 100 games. Boom. All right. Magic See, number. We're there. Yeah. Oh, no, they could lose three, and they'd be 100, have exactly 100 wins. Lose two, be 101. I'm good I'm good at the maths. I didn't do well in maths class. Maths. When I was, when I was over there in, uh, in the United Kingdom. I don't even know what that means. Kyle Kapler, I've kind of lost interest or attention in this current season. What's one thing you can say that can get me on board again? Also, are you excited about the number five rated farm system like some people are? And then he had a lot of uh, a lot of uh, question marks and exclamation points at the end of that. Uh, Kyle, I'm starting to think you're a noted prospect hugger. Confirm or deny. One thing that, that can keep you interested the rest of the season, I don't know, I'm interested to watch Joey Votto because the last time we... See Joey Votto in a Reds uniform. I still want to watch Ellie De La Cruz every night. Um, I don't know. I think there are plenty of reasons to watch. Andrew Abbott's good, those... good fun. What's that? I said Andrew Abbott is fun to watch too. Andrew Abbott, man, yeah. So there, I guess if you if you watch it, it's kind of like I said last week. I said watch it like uh, uh, like um, Nick Crawl, you know, just. Uh, Try to ignore all the faults in the team, like Carl did at the trade deadline. Just ignore them and try to focus on the good stuff. Just focus on eliminate those peaks and valleys, guys. 
<laughs> Limit the, if you eliminate the peaks and valleys, you know what you achieve? Sustainability. Sustainable smoothness. Oh, man. It's just me so great to be sustainable. James Urban, I'm here to ask the hard-hitting question this week. What came first, the chicken or the egg? Mm. I don't have an answer to that because this is a family podcast, and I'm just I'm I, I disapprove of the question, James. It's filthy, filthy mouth, potty mouth. I'm I don't know. I was trying to do a, I'm uh, disappointed, James. <laughs> I'm really disappointed. You would think at James' uh, advanced age, you would know better. Hooper Powell, other than uh, Diaz. Now, who's this? Uh, I presume Alexis Diaz. I don't know. Well, let's continue the question. We'll find out. Other than Diaz, who in this year's bullpen will be on the team next year? Okay, there you go. So the bullpen. Who in this year's bullpen will be on the team next year? Um, well, I presume Sam Diaz Mull. will be. Sam Mole will be because they had to give up so much to get him. Um, it's Mole Man. Uh, Lucas Sims. Probably. T.J. Antone. Sean Marshall. Nick Massett. <laughs> right exactly exactly tj right. antone is the uh the sean marshall of mcmassets isn't he <laughs> oh ian jabot is ian jabot gonna be back yes sure why not they seem, they seem to enjoy ian They're jabot all. and all his works why, why wouldn't you enjoy ian jabot uh Derek law who i have to ask you is he the least athletic looking professional athlete you've seen since david weathers yeah, yeah, he is actually. Um, and there have been quite, I mean, even Jabot is not exactly uh, jumping That's off true. the page of, of uh, muscle and fitness. <laughs> Derek Law, though, if you saw him walking just down the street, I would guess a thousand professions before I would guess professional athlete. If I saw <laughs> yeah, him. yeah. A thousand at least. Um, he looks like a, a rancher. That's what I think he looks like. A ranch hand. <laughs> I don't even know what a ranch hand looks like. I just wanted to say that. Oh, mercy. Sean Donahue. Here's a good question. Am I the only one who thinks Stuart Fairchild is clearly a major league player? I see so many people grumble about him being on the roster and getting occasional starts. All I've seen from him is super solid defense, almost always competitive at bats, and multiple times has made huge impact with his speed. I think he's clearly more than just a quadruple-A player. Chris Garber, is Sean Donahue the only one who thinks Stuart Fairchild is clearly a major league player? Uh, no, I know of two other people who believe that. Pro probably three if you think Stuart does. Nick Crawl and David Bell and yes. Sean. There you go. So, so you're in good company, first of all. I, Depending on. I do not believe he is clearly a major league player. I, I don't. I don't either. Um, not that he hasn't had some good moments, but uh, number one, he he went the Wake Forest, so nothing about that screams absolutely a major league player. Number two, um, he's twenty seven years old this year. Uh, he's below average with the bat by all accounts. I mean, there's just no way to chop up the numbers to say that he's anything other than below average. 236 batting average, 326 uh, on base, 400 slugging. So his OPS plus 94, which again, that's not awful, but this is his peak. This is Stuart Fairchild's peak. Now, to your point though, defensively, he's perfectly fine uh, and he is fast. He's very fast. So I don't mind having him around as a fifth outfielder. That's not quite true. I do, I do, I wish, I would hope they have a better fifth outfielder. And I think they do uh, have, are going to have a better fifth outfielder going forward. Well, maybe not, but. Uh, if we're saying, is he clearly a, a major leaguer? I'm just, I, I'm not seeing it. I think this is as good as he's ever going to get. And it's, it's not okay. Good. Yeah. It's quadruple A. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Quadruple A is the, the phrase I think of all the time. Yeah. There's no, there's no shame in that. I wish I'd been a quadruple. A I, I was quadruple F. <laughs> is that right? That doesn't seem, uh, that doesn't seem possible. Um, and so yet. Sean, make your case with us. Uh, I think you're right. Super solid defense. I think he is, had, does have competitive at bats. I just, the results aren't there. And at his age, I just don't, uh, I, I don't see that it's going to get much better. Um, but, uh, well, you know, I've been wrong before about everything. All right. A couple more questions here. Actually, we had 
three more qu questions, I think. Um, maybe two more questions. Um, first one comes from Rich Thompson. Now, you're going to, as with Rich's questions, this is one that I'll ask since we're not quite over time yet, but you have to kind of settle in on, on Rich's, get you a drink. Uh, let me let me read this thing. It's like a, it's like reading Goodnight Moon to your child. It takes a while. Um, now, I love you, Rich. Which is more heartbreaking? Two options here. A, your favorite soccer team scores a tying goal. By the way, I haven't read this question before. All the other questions I read, but this one's so long, I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to wait till we get on the show. Your which is more heartbreaking? A, your favorite favorite soccer team scores a tying goal seconds before time expires. The game goes into overtime scoreless, which means penalty kicks to determine the winner. Now it's sudden death moment for your goalie. When the kick comes, your goalie manages to partially deflect the shot, but the ball still barely crosses the goal line, giving the opposing team the win. Okay. That's the first scenario. That's heartbreaking for me because um, it would mean that I had a favorite soccer team. <laughs> That would be horrible. I vote for that. <laughs> Sorry to make you imagine that scenario, Chris. I know that was painful <laughs> for you. Uh, second, your favorite baseball team, this would uh, presumably be the Reds, rallies to tie the game in the ninth inning, but in the bottom of the ninth inning, the opposing team manages to get a runner to third with two outs. Your pitcher runs the count full on the next pitch and corks a wild pitch, allowing the runner on third to score, and your team loses the game. Uh, that sounds like, I don't know, that's happened – 50 times in my life as a Reds fan. Uh, I would say neither are very heartbreaking. I mean, if we're talking about the World Series or the the World Series of, of soccer. It doesn't um, say that, though, does it? It's just a it game. It doesn't. Just just random game. I'd be like, eh. It happened tonight. <laughs> it might. It won't happen tonight for the Reds as we record on Thursday night. But uh, the night that you're listening to it, it might. Yeah, I just, uh, I'd be like, oh, that stinks. I wonder if there's a rerun of the office on somewhere. That's what I would say. Oh, well, the answer is yes. Yes, no doubt. You like the office, Chris? Uh, my my uh, my children like the office. I've I pretty well uh, burned myself out on it, or they've burned me out on it. But it, it's it. somehow set up whenever I turn on the TV. I don't know how YouTube TV works, but it's always on the office. <laughs> well, that's they're contractually obligated, I think. Somehow, I guess sure. so. Pretty good, yeah. pretty good deal. Yeah, Michael Scott negotiated the deal. I guess. Uh, you know what? I started watching uh, last night. Uh, I guess rewatching, but I don't watch very much television. And my wife and I are uh, deep into the middle. We're in season four of a Mad Men rewatch. First time I've rewatched it since first that's day. Good. Very, Hold very up good. well. Is it still good? Oh yes, very, very good. It's outstanding. It's as good as just about anything that's ever been on television. From my perspective, but uh, I watched the first episode last night of uh, News Radio. You remember News yeah. Radio? Oh, you have you never seen it before? Oh, yes, yeah, one of my favorite shows oh, ever. Okay. I just, yeah, yeah. I, was, I, th I thought. I, no, I, got, I hadn't watched it in forever, so I thought, oh, I want to, I want to watch it. Yeah, I, I, there was a, a month last winter when I uh, every time I went down to the the home gym and and I did go a couple times. Uh, I had News Radio <laughs> kind of just playing continuously. Yeah. Uh, Fabulous. Super Karate Monkey Death Car. Super Karate Monkey Death Car, exactly. Uh, uh, Jimmy James is uh, just a personal hero of mine. Um, I'm looking forward to episode two, maybe tonight. I'll get to, I'll get to watch episode two because it's the uh, the first appearance of uh, Joe Garelli, played by a, a very young Joe Rogan. There's a great... Uh... There, there's a great... You know, that, that show is just millions of throwaway lines that are tremendous, but... I love the one line. There's one where, like, there's some massive speech that I think Joe makes or Jimmy James makes about Joe. And, like, at the very end, uh, Phil Hartman, the only thing he takes away is, like, your last name is Gorelli? Gorelli. <laughs> Phil Hartman, you know, uh, Stephen Roots, Jimmy James. It's, uh, you know, Rogan, obviously, Dave Foley. Uh, Mara Tierney, who I saw on Broadway a few years ago, starring opposite Tom Hanks. Um, yeah, there was a time when Mara Tierney was, mm. you know, she was Mara Tierney. Um, sure was. I don't know. It was a, it just a just a hilarious, hilarious uh, show. If you haven't seen it, and, and one more bit for quality TV and Dave Foley. I saw today um, some some stills released from season five of Fargo. Ooh, and uh, it's starring uh, Mad Men's John Hamm. Is that right? Uh, uh, the the Steve guy from Stranger Things, 
Keeley from uh, the Ted Lasso program. Hmm. And Dave Foley is uh, appears apparently as a a one-eyed lawyer who wears an eye patch. <laughs> TV's Dave Foley. That, that's that's his actual name. TV's it, Dave Foley. Oh, that's been that's been. I haven't watched uh, Fargo. Everyone tells me I need to watch it. Oh yeah, I mean, first first saying? three are great. You know they rebooted uh, Kids in the Hall. Did you know that? I did not. Where Dave Foley first became. Uh, yeah, I haven't watched the new season. But I think it's on Amazon Prime. So kids in the hall. Oh, we got one more question here. I don't know. We went off on a super karate monkey death car uh, discussion. Uh, uh, back to the news. I'm sorry. I got to say this. Um, <laughs> they're talking about, uh, uh, they, they, I don't have a conversation. One turns around to DB Cooper one day, DB Cooper. And uh, if y'all know, don't know who DB Cooper is, go look it up. Uh, I guess, you know, hijack a plane, jumped out, whatever. Um, and, you know, uh, conspiracy theorists love to do it. But hearing Andy Dick call him Doobie Keebler, I, I laugh out loud every time. Doobie Keebler. I don't know why that's funny, but if you're watching the show, you'll understand. It's such a great oh, show. I, I am, a uh, little in fact, one of America's foremost uh, D.B. Cooper aficionados. I, I believe right? I've, I've watched or read every uh, program and book written about the D.B. Cooper saga over the last 30 years. So, Did he survive the jump? I don't think so. Oh, that's disappointing. That's not what I want to hear. Oh, this. All more intrigue. But you, well, uh, how did the money get down to the river? Oh, how, how did, did the money get there? down to the river? How did the money get there? Well, you want to know how? Tell me. Aliens. They haven't thought of that yet. Good call. Sure, it's aliens. Probably Fauci. That's he's around most of the conspiracy theories I hear these days. But we're not going to get into that. <laughs> um, yeesh. Jonathan Andrews, what a great wave crest upon which to have your podcast. Dream Weaver is gone. That's uh, that's Luke we represent. Uh, DJ Friedel, Matt McClain, once again, show why they're the heartbeat of this team. Oh, that's a declaration there, Jonathan. I will continue to say that McClain is my shortstop. Keep saying it if you like. Uh, McClain is very, very good. So I've been thinking about India's injury, Green's injury, Lodolo's injury, and a potential boatload of other health issues that I don't know about. What light can you shed on the health staff turnover of the past two years, the apparent negligence that India's treatment is bringing to light, and what our next steps should be as a club? Do we need an overhaul of medical staff? Now, I have a, a couple of comments here. Then, Chris, you can chime in if, if you want. Um, I don't know there was negligence in India's case. India says there is, there was, but, I, you know, I, I'm not ready to, to presume that. And for years... Here and elsewhere, we have whined and complained. And I say we, I'm not talking about you. Uh, I'm talking about me and others here. Um, about uh, Doc Krimchak and how the Reds always seem to have injuries and how, you know, why can't they do anything? Why can't they? And, and there were a few times where there were legitimate gripes, you know, refusing to pay for an MRI, you know, for example. Um, here they've paid for two MRIs on Jonathan India already. So that's... That, that's not a complaint. So I don't really have much to say. I don't think the Reds are experiencing any more injuries than anyone else in the league. That's something that happens, unfortunately. And we just, it's kind of like with David Bell when everyone whines about David Bell. And there are good reasons to complain about David Bell. I'm not suggesting there's not. But, uh, you know, I say, I always think if you watch some other team every day, you'd be complaining just as often about whoever their Yahoo manager is. He's just a manager and they all do dumb stuff. We just watch this team so much more closely. So I know you had about a 30 minute rant. I'm going to ask you to, to, tone that down just a bit about the Reds medical staff. Uh, but I will give you a little bit of time here to say it. So. Uh, I agree with you. <laughs> wow. Hold on. Can you say that again so I can make sure we get that? Oh, no, we're recording all this anyway. Never mind. I'm going to loop that. Next time you're on, I'm just going to have a picture of you there and just play that clip every time. All right. That's about enough uh, for this week. Uh, I guess I would remind you, would ask you to uh, remember to, uh, about the Riverfront uh, live show, September 9th. 4 o'clock p.m. at the stretch at the banks. Um, we got a bunch of shows around this uh, place, the Riverfront Bengal show. Um, really good episode yesterday. Go listen to that. Late night uh, Reds talk, Tim Daniel and that, and that crew. Uh, Jumbo Diaz, a recent guest. I, I just like saying that Jumbo Diaz was a recent guest on a Riverfront Network podcast. Uh, you, you like the Jumbo Diaz, Chris? Big fan. Big is the operative word there. Um, 
All right. So thanks to everyone for listening to and supporting the Riverfront. Tell your friends about us. Subscribe uh, either on YouTube, your favorite podcast app, whatever. Like, share. Uh, we're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and evidently TikTok at Riverfront Sensi. And thank you to our Patreon uh, friends and family, patreon.com slash Riverfront Sensi. I need a poignant statement here, Chris, a summation of this hour as we uh, as we take off to do whatever we're going to do tonight. How do you how do you sum things up? I need something impressive here. Wow, I was uh, told there'd be no math. Um, I got it for you. Okay, go ahead. Pick me up. Code Code Riverfront at CQ. There you go. Whatever. I don't know. Well, Riverfront Nate, Nate, Nate. tickets are available. I was looking. Uh, great tickets available for September 9th. Cincinnati Reds versus St. Louis Cardinals. Is there a preferred uh, section of the stadium, Chad? We're trying to decide. Uh, Nate's trying to decide, actually, and so we'll hope to announce something there. Either way, we'll you know meet up somewhere at the Stacks or somewhere, you know, um, one of the bars, whatever. We'll meet up somewhere and do something, but we're, we are going to probably announce at least a, uh, a section so we can all be somewhere in that neighborhood. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. All right. Well, this is, uh, this is the end of episode number 495. Shout out to Adam Dunn. Shouts to Lisa Alberto, Wayne Krenchicki, and Eli Cash for Chris Garber. And uh, I don't remember who I said earlier, so I'm going to go with Ray Olmedo for the second straight week. This is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone. (laughs) 